Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Wanderer podcast. Many thanks for listening. We are on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, and many other podcast providers. And if you want to send us a message, we are also on Twitter on at Wanderer Podcast. Coming up, we discuss the recent round of matches. We look ahead to the visits of Reading and Norwich. We discuss Rob Coogan's letter, season ticket holders, and of course, there is Bet Taylor. And on that subject, I'm once again joined by my good friend, Mr. George Taylor. How are you doing, George? Yeah, hi Phil. I'm going to start this uh, this week's podcast with a bit of a confession. I didn't watch the Millwall game, uh, which was yesterday. Well, uh, I have to admit, I'm a bit footballed out. It, it's, I mean, it, uh, we've got a we've got a massive football festival going on at the moment. You can literally watch ten games every weekend uh, of of Premier League football. Um, I, I've watched. I've, it's Sunday. I've been really quite busy, but I still managed to cram in pretty much three games. So. Um, yeah, I didn't actually get to watch the, the Millwall game yesterday, uh, mostly because of uh, family commitments, but also just being a little bit footballed out. I know the feeling. I mean, there is a, there are an awful lot of games. It is constant, isn't it? It's like yesterday there was a 12.30, then there's a 3 o'clock, then there's a 5 o'clock, then there's an 8 o'clock, and then same again today. There's no games all taking place all at once. And I think there is a subject about how football is going to look once um, things do return to normal and um, everyone can get out and get to matches and so forth and all. Have a big discussion about that, I think, in the future and what football is going to look like in a, a post COVID world. But when we last spoke, it was after the uh, dire nil nil with Birmingham City, it was 24 hours after that one. And now, as we speak, as you mentioned, it's 24 hours after another fairly dire nil nil draw with Millwall. Not, not as bad as the Birmingham game, it won't surprise you to hear, but um, only a little bit better. Uh, we said during that run against Forest Wednesday, Huddersfield, Derby, and then Mill would probably need nine or ten points from those games. And we'd like to see some um, fight from the team. We've had two flat performances against Forest and Wednesday, um, two better displays uh, against a uh, much better display against Huddersfield, of course, a very good game against Derby, but a crushing finish, of course, in there, and then uh, the draw with Mill. So that's just just the four points from. I suppose you say five points if you do include the Birmingham game in that run of six. Where does that ultimately leave us? Apart from bottom well, of the table. Well, I was going to say, it leaves us bottom of the league, isn't it? I, yeah, I mean, as we said before, you know, we needed sort of nine, ten, even more points from those games um, as it is with the two draws and a, and a win. Um, it, it's probably half of what we really, really kind of wanted during that little run. Um, yeah, it's it's a tr- it's a tricky position from here on in. Um, uh, we're going to talk about Rob Rob Kuig's letter in a, in a minute, um, but I think it was quite it's quite timely that uh, you know it, it, we need we really need a, a boost around this time, uh, and we got it with Huddersfield, but the rest of it, I mean, Derby, such a kick in the teeth, really. Um, mm. I think everyone who sort of watched that game just felt it was uh, it was so so unfortunate. Um, it, it does epitomise a lot a lot of games though, um, but it's yes, it's, it tr- leaves us in a very tricky position. I'm not um, I'm not overly buoyant, uh, but the, the 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 thing is, the performances are still with us. That's 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 what we can what we can take forward. I'm I'm still in a position whereby I think that we are. Uh, outperforming my expectations. Uh, admittedly, those expectations were fairly meagre, uh, and I know that we are bottom of the league. But actually, I think we're performing quite well. Uh, I don't know what, you, what your feelings on that are, but I, I, I just feel that I feel that we're, we're we're not we're not the 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 the, the thrashing team. Uh, we are we are getting 
thrashed on occasion. But actually, if you look at a lot of the games, and if, you, if anyone who's watched the majority of our games will see that we are competing. And that's for me, is a really important thing. On, on that subject of us not being the, the, thrash, the thrashing team that we, we all sort of feared, we did talk about in the first half of the season, we obviously lost 5-0 to Blackburn, uh, and then we were beaten 2-0 by Luton, Swansea and Forest. I think they were the only games, there might be one more, in which we lost by more than one goal. Every other match was 2-1, 1-0, or draw and a couple of wins. Since... Christmas that did change a bit. We obviously lost three one to Middlesbrough, but can sort of say you know not a not a terrible performance, but still by two goals. Uh, and then we obviously had the little cup distraction of the back to back matches. And then there was the thrashing against Brentford, or second big thrashing. And then it was three uh, 0 against Forest and two 0 against Wednesday. And it just suddenly felt like we kind of regressed back a little bit. And then 2-0 down against Huddersfield, you sort of felt like, again, this is the start of the season. We're just not at the races. But we do seem to have had, got some confidence back, certainly from that performance in the second half against Huddersfield and certainly from that performance against uh, Derby. It's not the result. And to a, to a degree against Millwall, because you know, they're, they're not, a, not a bad side. It's not easy to get a point against them. Certainly to keep a clean sheet, that was something that we can, we can applaud the team for. So it does feel like the performances of these games they have improved and we are still going to fight a little bit. So is, is there that, imagine that little bit of belief that was missing? Has that come back courtesy of that win against Huddersfield? Yeah, quite possibly. I think, you know, let's be, let's be real about this. The, going into this season, you are going to get the, the Brentford games. You are going to get those Nottingham Forest games uh, where you do, you do have a bit of a, a thrashing 3-0, 7-2, uh, even the 2-0 against Wednesday felt a little bit of a, a thrashing in, in some respects. And, and, and going into the game against Huddersfield um, and going, going a goal down there, and you think, oh, God, here we go again. So you are going to get those, those games, and, and actually you can only take them as a blip. And you, you go by, game by game, and then you look to see what, what you're going to do next. And actually, you know, the Huddersfield game brought us back into it. The Derby game should have done the same. And actually, if you turn that Derby game into a, into a, into three points, all of a sudden that the the last one hasn't looked too bad at all. That Derby game's really really been the really been the kick in the teeth there. So you are going to get those you are going to get those three nils against Nottingham Forest. You've just got to take them on the chin and move on. As long as they don't dent the team's confidence, you just you just go on with that. And that's actually been that's been I think the the story of the of the day. When you were talking earlier about the about the start of the season, there Rotherham first up that that ninety ninety minutes uh, ninety minute winner that they had, it almost we said we said it in previous pods, but it's still looking like it set that tone for the season. What I'm finding now is with the fixture list is actually there's a few revenge games because what we had at the start of that after after going into the, that bad run at the beginning of the season, we did actually pick up some quite nice form and against the likes of Millwall, home against Millwall, we had that. Uh, Goal disallowed. Um, uh, that that for me is a re- is a revenge game from the first one. Uh, Norwich as we, we're coming up, you know that that was a late winner from them. That's a, that's another revenge game as, as such. So we, we we've got some of these games now where we can we can start to extract some revenge from from the from the previous good spell that we had in the start of the season where we didn't pick up that many points and, sh- and possibly should have picked up more. Yeah, that's that's. That's all well and good, but the, the teams are going to know a bit more about us, and you, you may be expecting a bit more from the the upcoming 
the opponents that we play because I mean if you look at the three matches we've got coming up we've got Reading um, I don't want to say they were lucky to beat us but they only had one shot on target and we created some chances Watford but for um, um, uh, an incorrect decision although I understand why he why the referee made it uh, we would have won that game and we got a, a point and they, they changed their manager since uh, and again we, we've mentioned Norwich where we were a couple of uh, well one poor refereeing decision in not giving us a penalty and then that last minute free kick which was an incorrect refereeing decision but I, I understand why the referee given it because the player had he'd stood on Onya Dimmer's foot and gone over and in the blink of an eye you understand why he gave the free kick even though it should have been a free kick the other way so those games have been they've been tight but we still didn't get much so we're going to have to up our game even more surely to try and get more than just the one point from the next three that we got in those previous fixtures yeah, completely agree. Uh, we we have to we've had to up our game as as this season's gone on. We knew that from the start. Um, I, I've been seriously impressed with the with the way that we found life in the championship. I know on paper it look, looks hard work, uh, but actually when you watch the, as I said earlier, when you watch the games, you'll see that I think we've actually um, performed performed remarkably, all, all things considered. Um, so I'm I'm not happy. Uh, you know, you, when you're bottom of the league, you can't say that you're happy. Um, but I do think that uh, this season has panned out in some ways better than I anticipated. Um, yeah, I mean, so we take, we take heart from that. Yeah, we said at the end of the last uh, the last pod that we wanted to see some fight, and I said I wanted to see us just as a very minimum requirement, not be the worst team ever in terms of points in term in terms of the history of the championship, which I think is 23. So you think, you know, on 20 points, we're probably going to be all right for that. Um, and we have seen some some fight after those two flat performances. And it is funny sort of watching how the team plays because we saw this at the start of the season. You sort of, the Rotherham game was 50-50. And then you go from Blackburn away, which was dreadful. 5-0 could have been 8 or 9 rabbits in the headlines. All the way through to game 7 of that run, which was Norwich where we were really, really unlucky not to get a point. And you, you just knew that performances were improving and the results are just going to follow. And then in the next three games, we drew with Watford, beat Wednesday and beat Birmingham. It's a similar sort of ethos recently in that the performances against Forest and Wednesday, they were flat. That was the problem. They were lacking, lacking a bit of spark. Not terrible. We did create a little bit of opening, but poor at the back and the, the sides sort of, I even found myself getting quite frustrated. I was watching Akin Fenwood getting really irate and not getting a free kick when we're 3-0 down and I was shouting a, a throw-in that went the wrong way. And you could just see that level of, of annoyance and frustration. But then as soon as the Huddersfield game happens, that changes the whole look towards the Derby game. And then you saw how they played against Derby and it was like a different team. So they've just got to keep that ethos going and that belief going. But they should get from... I say the last three performances, certainly Derby and uh, Huddersfield and Millwall to a degree was a bit of a flat game on a very poor pitch, but you know, nil-nil draw, not to be sniffed at in isolation, as uh, Tom Hancock said on JJ's effort. In isolation, that's a good result, but it's not what we need if we're going to try and stay up. Yeah, what, about this, what about this sort of change in formation, though, the, the bold decision in many ways to move Knight into to central midfield. I mean, we signed all these central midfielders. It's been a bit of a cursed position with Thompson, Gapes being out a lot. We signed that off the ball and so forth. Bloomfield's sort of slotted in there. He sits a bit further back on the pitch than he used to in his heyday. Um, but the, 
the move to put Knight in front of the back, the back four seems to have worked wonders to a point, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to know what Brendan Rodgers uh, thinks about it and the, the coaches at, at Leicester think about it because I'm sure that probably wasn't in, wasn't in their agenda, but maybe they have uh, been uh, sent the scouts down and watched him and uh, maybe, maybe it was them who, uh, who said, oh, let's, uh, you need a centre midfielder, see what our guy can, uh, guy can do. But I think it's a, he, from what I've seen, he's, he's played well there and certainly, um, certainly it seemed to, seemed to work quite well uh in the in the Huddersfield game um so um so so why not as you say it's a bit of a cursed position for us um so if you can if you can find a combination even just from a from a you know further further dice really um roll roll the dice and, and see what you can come up with in terms of it in terms of a combination that seems to work yeah and but as you say it has been a cursed it's a cursed position for us um, quite a key yeah. position as well. Something it's, to it's incredibly back key. It's incredibly key in our position. Yeah, abs- absolutely. It's, you know, it, when you when you're um, when you're shipping goals, because you know, let's be frank about it. That's what we've been doing. <coughs> um, it, the, yeah. the, the the midfield is, is one of the first things first things that you look at. Um, you know, okay, start start from the top. How's how's the press going uh, from from the front? But then how's the, how's the play being broken down in midfield? And that's uh, and how that how are they protecting the the the, def- the defense? Um, and if, you, if that if that's not happening, you will concede goals. And no a lot, matter a lot how of the goals, no matter how good your back three or four or five are, and we have conceded a lot of goals in the last month or two. And you a lot of the that? goals at Blackburn, and certainly the third goal of Brentford, they cut a lot of the goals. But I think certainly the first um, goal, or maybe the penalty that led to the first goal, I tried to erase the game from my mind, but. They've come from sort of second phases of play where Allsop's made a save or we've cleared the ball and then we haven't just reset or there's been no one to bring the ball out from, from the uh, mm. from defence and it's come back in and that's when we've conceded. Um, those are just two examples off the top of my head. I mean, I you, could argue, you could argue that about the Derby goal and in some ways the, the winning goal there. You know, it's was, what's happened, it's hit the post and, and come back out to the edge of the box and it's, it's about closing it down from there, isn't it? Now, yeah. That's, that's a little bit of a different example, but uh, it's, a, bit of a, it's scramble, a, yeah. a similar point, isn't it? You know, I mean, winning, winning, winning the second ball. But on, on that subject, I mean, we talk about luck and we're not getting a lot of it still. Um, like I said, it, it feels like these past few games have been a microcosm of the season. Um, you know, you look at some of the decisions, you look at the Derby game, could we have had a second penalty? The terrible decision not to um, to flag Horgan offside where the linesman's obviously just not up with play or something like that. And then their winning goal um, when um, I think it's Kazim Richards is stood in an offside position. Um, we had this debate about whether he's, well, should he be offside or not? And no one really knows the rules. But again, those elements of luck. I mean, on your dimmer again against Millwall, went down in between two players, nothing doing. Similarly to the way he did against Derby, nothing doing. Now, I don't see any difference between those two incidents and the incident on Glenn Murray in the Forest game that was a penalty. So, you know, three decisions and they've all gone against us. You know, where's the consistency? And it does feel still fighting that battle as well, to a point, doesn't it? Yeah. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. As you say, consistency is key there. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, I suppose the only other thing to say is just about playing teams. We've had, I know we've had teams down near the bottom uh, in Reading and Forest and, and, uh, and Derby, but they've actually been in form. Uh, and that's why I was sort of confident going into the Huddersfield game because they were in 
they were in a terrible run of form. They hadn't won since uh, the 29th of December, and um, including in the FA Cup where they were knocked out by, by Plymouth. So that's sort of almost a bit of a bit of a kick in the teeth in the again the way the fixtures have fallen. You, you sort of you do feel sometimes like the whole world's against you. It's like well. Yeah, they're down near the bottom and the games we need to win, but they're out of form. So what's the effect the COVID outbreaks had and all those games getting shifted? QPR again are in form. And maybe that might give us a bit of hope against teams like Reading, who aren't up near the top, but maybe jittering a little bit, do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. It's, I mean, we'll talk about form in, 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 uh, in, in a bit when we preview, preview the Reading game. Um, it's been unfortunate that, that some of the teams around us have hit form when we've when we've been playing them, um, but that's all it is. It's unfortunate, and you can only you can only play against what's put in front of you. And uh, I really, um, I I think that what we're seeing is 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 ups and downs in our performances. Um, two two games we seem to be good. Two games we seem to be bad. Uh, yeah, we can't string anything together. We can't. This is it. It's about as you say earlier. It's about that consistency uh, and. And if we found a bit of consistency, you look at the last the last game. How many games we've got left? Sixteen games left. Are there are there five wins in those sixteen games? You know, if we found that bit of consistency, yes, there probably is. As it as it is, I don't know. It's a bit of a stretch, isn't it? Yeah, to win. Well, we've won four this season. Need, I mean, I'm not saying yeah. you know we'd need probably more than five wins to stay up. Uh, but I'm just looking at say you know can we get to say forty odd points? Yeah. I don't think that's enough to keep us up, but I should say be, yeah. that's, a, but, that's, a, that's a nice total to aim for, I think. But it is, I mean, if we'd beaten Derby, we'd now be looking at three games unbeaten, two wins in a row, and then a draw with Millwall. And this is the thing that kind of got, when we, when the, the most frustrating thing about losing those one point or potentially three points to Derby that we could have had, everyone, the six teams above us, all lost their midweek fixtures. We could have made up some ground on all of them. And I did a calculation yesterday. If we'd beaten Derby and uh, Birmingham and Sheffield Wednesday had drawn, I think Birmingham won by one goal to nil, we'd be on 23 points. And the three teams above us, Rotherham, Wednesday and Birmingham, would be on 29. So we'd only be six points from safety and we'd have games in hand on Birmingham. So it, would, it would just would have made it that so much a bit tighter. It's just like, it's, if we'd just won that game, yeah, it's, the results, it, it flips it. Well, it doesn't flip it completely. Like that, it just right into it. It's been like that all season, though. You know, there's been such fine margins. Um, you know, look, you can look back earlier in the season, the Derby game. You know, point points that drop like that, and actually, all of a sudden, you could probably double our points tally on on the on the bad luck stories. Yeah, I was some 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 of bad luck from decision making. Sometimes it's just been like like you mentioned the Derby game with Cleary's thunderbolt in the last minute that hit the underside of the bar. Even like the Forest game. I mean, their opening goal was. He was onside, um, and we should have been the defence should have been level to keep him on. Um, but right decision, and then at the other end, um, Igazi scores a, a header, and that's deemed offside. Now I actually haven't seen a definitive replay about either of those decisions to say whether they were right or wrong. Not what the point is. The point is that they were both close, and you think if Murray was a yard up and Igazi was a yard back. We go one nil up instead of one nil down, and it's just those little moments in games that don't maybe seem to be going for us. But we've got what we did say we've got these. We've had this run of games against teams down near the bottom, and now it is three tough fixtures against uh, three sides that you would expect to be in the top six 
coming up. I mean, this the first starts with a visit of Reading on uh, on Tuesday. Um, they've had a bit of a funny season, really. I think they would have expected to maybe be a bit more consistent. They're doing well, but how do you, how do you see that one going? Well, should we make this the um, the Bet Taylor section? We can tie uh, into that. Yeah, it go for sort it. of very it sort of lends itself very nicely. Um, lends itself very nicely to that. So we'll start off with the prices. Now, this is the interesting one we're reading. I'm going to give you the Norwich prices first, okay? okay? So the Norwich price for them to beat us is four to nine, heavy odds on, okay? And we're 11 to two to win, so five and a half, okay? Now, Reading, you think they're, they're, they're fifth in the league. Um, they're only a handful of points off, off second. Uh, and so you would think that they would have fairly similar odds to, to Norwich, but actually they're, they're, they're not at all. They're, they're just under evens, 19 to 20 um, for Norwich and just under three to one uh, for, for Wickham. So that's actually, I, I looked at that and thought, oh, hang on a second, that's, that's quite, a, quite a, a keen price. Um, and you kind of think, well, I, I, I was surprised at that. I, I actually think that's, that's quite, that lends itself quite nicely to, to Reading's, um, Reading's chances. You look, you look into it, and you think, "Well, hang on a second. What's what? What's the cause for this?" Reading's form, actually, in the last uh, last three or four games, um, really isn't that um, really isn't that yeah. fantastic. One one win in five, and that was against Bristol City. I think I think the game before their manager was uh, was sacked. The Bristol City manager was really they beat, terrible. Run, they beat they? them two 0 So they've actually in the last five games they picked up the same amount of points as us. So actually, we spoke earlier about finding some teams around us that are in are in good form. We're actually finding some teams at the opposite end of the league in bad form uh, when, when it comes to Reading. So only two goals in five for Reading as well. Exactly. So I think we've actually uh, we've we've actually got a fair a fair um, a fair shout, um, possibly a fairer shout than we've had against them. If you look look at this game, if it had it been played throughout the rest of the season. Um, so where do we find some value? Um, now I'm not a big fan of um, first goal scorer or any goal scorer bets. Uh, I'll let you into a little insight. There, there are markets that that punters quite like. You know, you're in the pub with your mates, or who's going to score the first goal kind of thing. There's very little in terms of statistics that you can back up with a first goal scorer. Obviously, you know, someone like Mo Salah or Harry Kane, they're going to score goals, and a defender or uh, a centre back's not going to score many goals. But apart from that, a lot of it's actually just blind luck with those kind of bets, which I don't really like. But I was looking down the list of list of bets, and, and it's tricky to bet for Wickham at the moment because of the position they're in. Uh, and you like to think, well, is there going to be goals or not? Um, so actually, the um, uh, if you fancy Wickham's chances, which which you, you've got at the moment, you can get um, uh, either money on the uh, double chance. So that's either Wickham win or uh, or a draw, um, and that's four to, that's four to five, just under evens. Um, and actually, I noticed that uh, a certain, certain Uchi Piazu um, is uh, is ten to one to score the first goal. Uh, now, like I said I don't really like those bets, generally speaking. But he, he looked a bit of a man possessed against Derby. Um, as I said, I didn't watch the Mill game, and I, I, I know it was a bit of a flat game. So we'll put a, we'll put a, uh, put a marker through that one. Um, but if you take that out and look at the Derby game, he's, he's, he's come into a lot of form. Lots of people are talking about him. Um, he's look, looking quite exciting all of a sudden. Um, and I think 10 to 1, if you add in the, um, if you add in the, uh, the Wickham to win or, or double chance for the draw, and you're going to get 12 to 1, I think it could be worth a few quid on that. Well, like, like the sound of it, I mean, he's, he's, certainly, uh, he's certainly been a real, 
revelation. You do sort of wonder how, how good he might have been, if we'd, how good things may have turned out if he'd been um, fit throughout the course of the season and hadn't had, had COVID as he did. Now, just looking at Millwall's, uh, Norwich's last five uh, games as well, um, they've won their last uh, three, so they're doing okay, obviously top of the league. Um, they drew drew nil-nil away at Millwall, so they're obviously a really good side. Only the, the creme de la creme draw nil-nil at Millwall, as we know. Beaten by Swansea, good result over Stoke, winning 4-1. And the last two have been against sides down near the bottom, uh, beat Coventry 2-0, Rotherham 1-0, for which we are grateful, of course. But um, you know, I haven't massively thrashed them or anything. So, I mean, the game's next Sunday. It's on Sky. We've played on Sky twice before. We lost the first. We drew the second. So we drew a win on, on Sky this season. Is there any chance that we can, we can beat them? Well, as you say, um, Norwich have come into this game in fairly good form. Um, and actually, uh, their away form is, uh, is, is better than their home form. So... Um, they're second in the in the away the away form table. Um, beat Coventry last. They did lose to to Swansea, yeah. uh, and drew to Millwall, but then also beat Cardiff. So there, there is a is a tough nut to crack. Um, in terms of betting, as I said earlier, four to nine Norwich, which shows that um, that, that 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 really is that really is probably a very true price actually. To be honest, that four to nine uh, and us being eleven to two. Um, if you're looking for a bet, uh, I would actually go down the similar route with the uh, with the Reading game, provided uh, it piezu that now that the the the, the, prop, the market isn't priced up for players yet. Um, but if the Ipiezu is around ten to one, unless he scored a hat trick against Reading, which he probably will be, then Ipiezu and and maybe we can scrape a draw seven to two um, would actually give you just shy of fifty to one odds. Um, so I, I'd put a couple of quid on that maybe just to just to have a have a novel interest, but but nothing else. Um, reminder to listeners that is a twelve o'clock midday kickoff, so uh, quite early in the day. So uh, if you fancy a drink around lunchtime, then uh, it's twelve o'clock kickoff. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at those games, this kind of leads on to the next one. I mean, I'm almost thinking, yeah, I know we need wins, but I'm almost looking at these games in isolation, as in. I just want us to get as many points as I think is is realistic. So I mean, I would I would accept two draws from these games, and I know that's not enough. So for us to get up, would I think just in isolation of us getting the points, if we can get a couple of draws here, and then when we get into the sort of so-called easier fixtures or more winnable fixtures, that's when we need. I'd, I'd be more expectant expectant of us getting getting three. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it, yeah, it, it could be anything really. Nor- Norwich is 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 a is a is a golf apart really. Um, they're all. I would say that they're you know they're they're looking pretty good to uh, to go up this season. Uh, four points would be fantastic. Two points would be, I think, still very good. I'd probably take a point from those two now, to be honest. Mm. Um, and if we lose both of them again. I wouldn't be too too worried to be honest. If we put in um, decent performances, you think that's almost what we just yeah. want to see that fight? Yeah. If there's, if there's one decent performance in 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 those two games, and we pick up a point, um, that that's that's not too bad. Um, it, I I I'd probably get criticism for that. It sounds a bit defeatist, but I think it's also you've got to be realistic as well. Well, this kind of leads us on to our to our next sort of topic of discussion. Where I mean. We are sort of sounding almost like, you know, I take a point. I know we need three. We're almost speaking as if we're resigned to the fact that relegation is a case of when, not if. And we know that there are points to, 
play for and we know that if we win, we do win 10 of our last 16 matches, then that gives us a great opportunity. We might not need to win that many, but nine and a couple of draws might do it. But we are almost thinking from a trying to be objective and balanced about this, it's very, very unlikely that we're going to get it. Now, this Rob Curry wrote a letter to season ticket holders just before the Huddersfield game, saying that he expects us to stay up. Um, that's what he wants. That's what he didn't make that clear at the start of the season, but he expects us to stay up. That's his, you know, and if we don't, that will represent a, a sort of failure. Now, I kind of understand his, I don't expect him to come out and say, no, we're going to go down. It's, it's when, not if. In the same way, you don't expect Ainsworth to sort of turn around and say, yeah, we, I know we're going down, uh, even if you can read between the lines of some of their comments. And you do expect them to sort of say, look, no, let's have some belief and let's have some positivity. But it, it was a bit more than that. It was a bit more like, you know, if we go down, it will be a failure for the season. I mean, what was your sort of take on the, on the gist of, of the letter? Well, as you know, Phil, I'm not one to have strong opinions about things. <laughs> but, uh, on this occasion, I do happen to have quite a strong opinion. I, I actually had a quite lengthy conversation with... Um, uh, with a guy I walk my uh, walk the dog with uh, most mornings. Uh, it's my one conversation with another human being uh, every day. And uh, Wait, the wife. Uh, well, <laughs> um, and uh, he's also a Wick Wickham season ticket holder. And uh, he was asking me about it. I think first of all, if you take if you look at Rob Rob Kuig and who he is and what he's done, I. I would. I'm naturally very skeptical of of owners. He's still a new owner to us, um, and from minute one, you have to look at what's Rob Kuig's uh, motive. An American coming over, no experience of of running a football club. Uh, the the deal with Yeovil fell through for him. That that uh, had a little alarm bells for me. One thing I will say is with the, with the Kuigs, I've been desperately impressed with them from minute one. Uh, that might be an opinion, an opinion that comes back to to bite me at some point. But uh, I can see that they've done done little wrong. To be honest, I'm hugely impressed. I'm I'm, I'm quite inspired by them as well, uh, and, and their their enthusiasm for the club and, and what they want to try and do and achieve. Now, Rob actually wrote a letter, uh, probably a similar part of the season last year, and said he we he fully expected us to. To be to be in the championship next season, and sure enough, it happened for him. And it was at a period of time where actually our form was dipping a little bit, and uh, and, it, and I kind of thought, okay, Rob, that's a bit keen. But sure enough, it, true to his word, that's what happened. So you wonder if maybe spoken again, it's going to happen again. Um, now I, I do think us staying in the championship is uh, is is a bit of a stretch this season. Um, during this conversation that I had, I was I was said that maybe. Um, he felt uh, that th my friend felt that um, that it was a bit defeatist, and that perhaps Wickham hadn't necessarily positioned them that positioned themselves that well to stay in the league this season. To which my response is, and I, I'm sort of quite clear on this, is that I think I think the the, the team and the squad have done an immense job uh, in what they've done so far. Um, I think that the, the plan, now whether or not it is or not, but it certainly would be my plan at the start of the season, would be to, to have a good go at it, but actually to plan to come back down because that's realistic in my book and I like realism. Um, and, and, the, and when you come back down is to make sure that the bump when you come back down isn't, isn't, isn't a hard landing, to make that landing as soft as possible because we've seen a lot of other teams in, this, in League One really struggle to bounce back. 
Um, and there's a at, at one point, and even now, there's still a, there's a lot of big teams there who just cannot get out of that division. So it's a I, I would take bouncing between League One and the Championship for a few years any any day because it's a it's a world a world apart of what, what we've been used to as my time as a as a as a, as a fan and a season ticket holder over the last twenty uh, odd years or so. So let's make, let's make no bones about it. I'm I'm not happy with relegation, but I would accept it because actually I think the, the club has put themselves in a great position to actually really have a have a good shot that if we do go down, we've got a great shot at League One next year. We've signed players that we can probably keep who actually when you look at League One, they will be they will be good enough to to get us competing competing next year. So if you can keep the majority of the squad together, which I firmly believe that we can then actually I do think next season we'd be in a good place, whichever, whichever league we're in. Yeah, I, I, my take on the letter was what I think is, is he admits he doesn't know, you know a lot about football and tactics and that side of thing, which is, which is fine because you know, he wants to leave that to his, his management team. What I think he's trying to do is really change the mentality of the club. I think he, he must know, despite him not knowing, being an expert on football by his own admission, uh, he must know the, the, the likelihood of us going down. He must know that it would take a remarkable run of form. We'd have to win twice as many games as we've already won and some in order to, to stay up. But I think he just wants us to stop thinking of ourselves as, he, he said in, I think, in one of his very first meetings, stop thinking of yourselves as little wicker that's defying the odds. We want to, want to have the right attitude to try and get ourselves um, to sort of think of ourselves as a championships club, start thinking of ourselves as a big club, you know, rather than sort of using budget as an excuse, which I think we've done throughout the season. I mean, when we lost to Bristol City, I sort of thought, well, we were playing well in their game and they bring on a player who cost more than our entire playing budget to win them the game. Similarly, when we lost to Sheffield Wednesday, flat performance, and the Wednesday fans said, look, the two guys that scored our two goals, they cost 28 million, your budget is 5 million. You know, so in it, we've almost used it as a bit of an excuse as to why we've not done better. And it is relevant and it is key and it, it, it does matter. But at the same time, you think that, well, Jordan Rhodes might cost X, Y, Z, but that's no excuse for him to get in between our centre arts and them to not be tighter on the market. And Rob Keogh's whole mantra is he wants to be a sustainable championship club that can get us in the championship and keep us there on a sustainable budget and if that's going to happen the only way that that's going to happen is with us having one of the lowest budgets in the league it's just the way it is so if we go down come back up what have you we're always going to be near the bottom of the championship budget we're never going to have the hundreds of millions that teams like Norwich and teams relegated from the Premier League are going to have so we do need to sort of accept on one hand that we're going to have a low budget but at the same time we can't just hide behind that we've got to sort of start thinking of ourselves as a championship club and making sure we get the right players in and doing the right thing to generate more money so we can be sustainable but also to keep ourselves in the championship we've got to have the thinking of well it's going to be so tough because you know, look how much money all these other clubs have got we can't think like that anymore we've got to think well we belong here we're going to try and break the mold and show it that it can be done and it is a bit it is a bit of a catch-22 because on one hand you say, well, we need more money to do better in the championship, but then that, if we do that, we don't become sustainable. So I think it's just, I really just think all it was was start thinking a bit bigger and start thinking a bit more, not change the positivity. I mean, people said that 
his sort of some people took it as a sort of kick up the backside if you like and that resulted in this beating Wait, Huddersfield maybe maybe it was but um, it's just about you know, stop thinking of yourselves as this small little club that overachieves and now start having the mentality of a championship club we've been using the budget excuse for the last 10 or 12 years it's, it's nothing new but he, he, he was absolutely he was absolutely spot on as far as I'm concerned with, with, with what he said we've got to stop thinking that of, of small town mentality and, and start thinking big because if you start thinking big then and start dreaming big that's where you end that's where you're going to end up um, you put the hard work in and, th- and th- there is a lot of hard work there's a huge amount of hard work actually I've been doing a discredit there but I, I just I, 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 was, I was quite um, I was quite inspired by, by what he said um, I, there'll, there'll be a lot of different viewpoints out there and, and quite rightly so but I actually but deep, deep down I was actually very very impressed by, by what he had to say and the, the, the fact of the matter is, if he wants to do well on a limited budget, who's the best man for that job? Well, it's Mr. G. Ainsworth, isn't it? It's yeah. G, you, you look at what he's done, and, and not just what he's done, but I think Ainsworth is always about the way he does it. And that's why yeah. I, sort of, I, I get really annoyed with fans of other clubs knocking him when he goes on about budget. And I'm like, you do realise that when fans were calling for his head, this guy um, took a paid referral and then and didn't tell anyone about it and then he turns up at the training ground and there's no nets and he says to the trust can we have some nets and they said no we haven't got any money so he buys them himself he then wants some curtains just so the team aren't squinting when they're looking at a tactics board no there's no money so he brings some from his own house and then Richard Dobson who needs a pay rise and they can't club can't afford it so he subsidized out of his own wages I mean things like that are kind of the real they sort of show you the real character of the man that's why he talks about budget so much because he he really understands it and if he can get a bit more money and not have to worry about it too much and focus a bit more on the team then he is the man that if we do go down we've got to have full faith in him and uh, he's going to be the man to get us back up but also maybe he needs to just rein in some of the some of the talk about budget and big clubs maybe he just needs to do that a little bit uh, in order just to change that mentality one thing I will add, uh, just on top of that, is uh, I've ne- very nearly finished reading the Neil Harmon Close Quarters book uh, that came out a few months ago, uh, such as having a busy family life that uh, reading is unfortunately a, a pastime, which seems to be, seems to slip by the wayside. But there's a, that book is crammed full of those little anecdotes of, uh, of curtains at the, at the training ground for squinting at... Uh, at, at um, tactics board etc so i'm sure a lot, a lot of people listening to this have, have got the book or have read it but if you haven't uh, neil Harmon's close quarters book it, it's it's a real eye even if you're a really close supporter to the club there's some real eye-opening stuff in there yeah absolutely i've, I've, I've read, read it it's just it is it is a real sort of fascinating insight there's a season on the brink as as they call it and so forth so um Definitely, uh, definitely well worth well worth reading. I think that um, pretty much brings us to the end of our discussion in the main, doesn't it? Um, just going to say any any final thoughts on the on the Millwall and uh, also the Reading and the and the Norwich games, and then what went after that? Anything to add? Well, you want some you you want some predictions, don't you? So go uh, I'll go for one nil. Um, Ikpiazu scored goal against Reading. Um, that's for the money. 
Uh, Norwich, I mean, it's a, it's a tough show. You, you, you can't say Wickham are going to lose on, on a pod like this, but uh, I, I'm going to have to go for a one-all draw. Uh, and that's, that's essentially me saying I think we might lose 2-0 or 3-0. Um, and Watford, uh, I'm not sure. Away. I think, I th- yeah, a bit further away. I, th- I think I'd, I'd probably be, I'd probably again uh, a, a, a draw. Actually, I'd be very, very pleased with on that one as well. Um, so we'll we'll go one all against that as well. Um, that's a bit sitting on the fence, I admit. But I'm going to say I think I think it'll be one one with Reading. I think Norwich might just edges. Um, you know, I, I will say one thing about the form the form book is. Huddersfield, we said they haven't won a game um, since December, and then they thrashed Swansea, who were flying with the form team. They thrashed them 4-1 um, yesterday, uh, and we've seen also Brentford as well. They were, they were 18, 19 games unbeaten, and they've suddenly lost two in a row. So maybe the form book isn't quite, uh, quite it's there to be ripped up, so maybe we can do that. Uh, and then might, this might actually be a conversation for next time on fans not being at stadiums because it's becoming evident that the form book isn't uh, isn't what we know it uh, in previous years with fans in stadiums. Yeah, and I think what we are going to do at some point as well is have a big discussion on what football is going to look like in the post-COVID world. Um, obviously, we we hope that uh, the uh, mainly the death rates, but also of course the infection rates and everything continues to drop to till they're at zero as close as they can be and um, everyone can get back to normal and life can, can get back to, to what it was before. I think it would be, be good to have a, a big debate about what's, gonna, what's the effect of football going to be on, uh, what is the effect of COVID going to be on football uh, when we say, say, start next season when everything is back to normal. The game itself, television, fans, all that sort of thing. I think that would be a really interesting debate. So we'll, we'll keep, you, uh, keep you updated about that. Um, but I think that's a, that brings us in, uh, brings us to the end. Nothing, nothing further to add from you, George? No, just uh, let's enjoy the uh, the next couple of games um, that uh, are on TV. Uh, enjoy the first football festival that's continuing. Um, it's a bit relentless, but uh, but no, just let's just enjoy the championship. Well, we can, absolutely. Well, we well can. but we're going to be back soon. That's got to be the mentality. Well, no, we're going to stay out. That's the mentality, isn't it? But if we're not, we will be back soon. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. If you could leave a review on um, on Apple Podcast, that would be great. Follow Star One would be lovely. Uh, you can tweet us as well on at Wanderer Podcast, and we will be back in a couple of weeks' time um, with more Wicked Wanderers based chat. Until then, uh, take care of yourselves, and um, it's goodbye. Wandering with you.